check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. Welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast on wearecavan.com. I'm Damien Donahue. Delighted to be joined by the sports editor of the Anglo Celt, Paul Fitzpatrick, as we look back on a busy weekend in the club championships and look ahead to semi final weekend in the championships yet again. It's a uh, it's busy and exciting time of the year, Paul, around Kingspan Breffney. Ah, it is. It's great. This is the time of the year that, that the whole thing comes alive. Um, this time of year we look forward to and all that because you're out covering games, getting out of the house. <laughs> yeah, not not that not that we're looking for excuses. This is this is strictly professional. As I keep on saying at home, we have to do this. It's not that we're wanting to do it. Yeah, yeah. And no, if, we, and, and if people are out there meet my wife, it's important that Damien is at these games. The, the county needs it. So yeah, if you bump into either of our wives, just tell them why aren't the lads at more games? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the idea. We're going to start. I suppose we'll start with the junior championship, the Cullis Craft Bakery Junior Championship. Last weekend, it was the replay of the two quarter final. The drawn matches between Kildallan McBride and Shannon Gales and Drung. Um, you had reports in this week's Celt from both games, so I didn't get to see either. But I know the Kildallan McBride game ended up in what's nearly become the annual heartbreak of, of Kildallan. Yeah, they're, you could compare them to Mayo, I suppose, in ways. Only they're not getting to finals, but they just haven't learned how to win those tight games yet. And it will come for them. Like They're, they're a, good, a very good team. Um, but they don't have a huge underage pedigree in terms of, of winning they won a minor Division 3 championship I think something like that or Division 4 and you know that's about the height of it mm. so probably not bright have broken down these barriers at minor level a lot of these fellas and that's probably what helped them just that that's all it took that tiny very fine margins over the two games two and a half games I suppose with the extra time in the replay I think Kildallan must have had seven or eight really good goal chances they, they only took a couple of them and that came back to haunt them but um you know, I I have to take your hat off to Not Bride. A good young team, play great football, and a couple of <clears throat> there's sort of two waves there. They've 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 a wave of lads sort of in their mid twenties. They've these really young lads coming through. A lot of them are minors. Yeah. And then you've the, I suppose you've the older lads. Then like you've Larry Riley coming off the bench. You've Rayford Rogers come off the bench earlier in the year. So I think they've they've a good blend. Not Bride and Not Bride will fancy it now. They're in the last four on merit, getting a little bit stronger, and it'll take a good team to beat them. I think that's for, that's great for building confidence and character coming through a, a, a serious battle against Kildallan yeah that's it that's exactly it Shannon Gales overturned Drung um, in, in what would be deemed as a surprise I think in that championship Drung their, their result against Ballamy Q kind of set everybody watching them and considering Shannon Gales missing Neville O'Donnell um, well, I think Walsh was back for this game so he was a big big plus but they're still not at full strength Shannon Gales no, they're not. That that was a very good win for Shannon Gales. Again, like all tight games, a good start is crucial. Like, and they went six points to no score up. Right. And in a low scoring game, you know, I don't think there was a goal in it. It was a very, I'm not sure the exact scoreline, but it was a very low scoring game. Just like the drawn game, which was eight points each. Mm. Um, that that crucial serve won it for them, and that gave them the cushion. And Drung never really got back on level terms. Just slow out of the blocks. Disappointed for Drung, but. Uh, it goes to show that the junior and intermediate championships are going to be harder one than they ever were they, yeah. this year and in the years to come because you've got good, more good teams coming down from the higher divisions and drunk them down from intermediate. A lot of people would have fancied them to go back up, but 
they just found out that it's not that handy. So it's going to take them a year or two as well. I'd say they're in the junior ranks to, before they really challenge for the championship. But no more than no more than, than Kildallan, I would love to see Drung winning that championship. Or sorry, or sorry, I'd love to see Shannon Gales win that championship. And Drung, don't get me wrong, even as and Kildallan. I should throw in the rest of <laughs> while you're at it, but but I'd love to see Shannon Gales win it because they've been knocking around for so long, and without a doubt, if they had all the players. Uh, they'd be right up there I remember mm. Tom Riley saying to me a couple of years ago they, at one stage they had lost something like 22 players in three seasons mainly to immigration and um, I remember Tom Riley saying to me if we had kept all the players we'd have won an intermediate championship at this stage and I think they would have like they, mm. were, they were that good they, they had so many players with Ulster under 21 medals uh, Ulster minor stuff like that and they don't have them all yet like we said likes of PP O'Hara is not there this year like a class player I remember him scoring two goals in the Ulster minor match Against Darren and up in Newry one time, or up in Armagh one time, um, they've never done. Of course, very unlucky with injuries, and like that's a Leitrim senior intercounty player they're missing there. Like take a senior intercounty footballer of any junior team. Well, even name and Tom's son, Eamon Riley, who would be in his thirties now, but again a county senior of standard, you know. So yeah, yeah. it's another loss. They're, they really have been dealt there. But look at that's the location. It's it's something they're always going to have to contend with. It's very difficult. Like, and they won the they won the championship. I think in nineteen eighty nine. That's the last time they won the junior. Like, they're they're the youngest club in Cavan. I think they were only formed in seventy eight, and they they won it with 20, 26, 20, 28 years ago now, and uh, just haven't haven't got back over the line since. We're in a couple of finals. Lost the final by a point to Red Hills about ten years ago. Um, but look, they're they're there on merit, and I think. It, it, Nobody would begrudge it if Shannon Gales could win it. Or Nutbride, as, as a team that, that bottomed out, I think about two or three years ago, uh, Nutbride lost by 30 points in Breffney Park to Shannon Gales. So it goes to show the progress that can be made in a short, short space of time. But I think I still think Bally McHugh and Drummond Lee are the favourites for the junior, without a doubt. Yeah, so I was just going to move on to this weekend's um, Cully's Craft Bakery Junior Championship. The two semi-finals uh, are live on wearecavan.com. I 6.30 on Saturday evening in Kingspan Breffney it's Ballymacue against Knockbride you, you, you fancy Ballymacue to come do, through this one? I do I've been very impressed with Ballymacue when I have seen them Like they were very good against Mary Nugent um, albeit David Giveney went off early but I don't think it mattered they were very strong I think out of all the Ballymacue teams in the last 5 or 6 years this is their best one mm. last year they didn't have Buchanan this year they have him and he's playing well Baxter is playing really well centre half Really, really well, Baxter. I think Baxter's one of the best club players around, and he's pretty young. I didn't realise he's around the same age as Liam Buchanan. I thought he was older. I was asking one of the Valley McHughes about him. So, And Mark Hearnan as well. He's another player worth looking at. And Manny Medina should be having a look at the likes of him because he's he's a hell of a player too. Like A, a serious leap on him. He's a natural forward, but they're playing on midfield, and he's a huge leap. He's powerful. very direct, powerful. Mm. He's obviously put in the work in the gym as well, and, and very good feet. So I think they're very strong. I haven't actually seen Drumlee, but I'm very familiar with their players. I haven't covered them. Uh, even go back to eight, nine years ago when they were winning intermediate championships and in in senior ranks, like more than holding their own a few years ago, as you know better than anyone. And now they're down in junior. I, I think the, the the players that they have at their disposal are probably too good for junior ranks. And now that sounds like a like a pretty pretty crass statement because you're you're no better than the grade you're in. They're yeah. there they're there for a reason, but. The thing is, all those players have learnt their trade in senior ranks, and I think that's that's going to really stand to them. Like unless they underperform, um, they should be going very close to winning a, a, a junior championship without a doubt. That game, Drumley against Shannon Gales, again live on wearecaven.com, two p.m. in Kingspan Breffney on Sunday coming. So make sure you uh, 
if you're listening in, tweet tweet your club mates or your friends abroad to let them know the, the, the two games are being covered. That last four um, quartet, <laughs> Damien, it reminds me of the of the Hurling final where everyone was buzzing about it because all the neutrals were like, it would be great to see Waterford winning or it would be great to see Galway winning. Mm-hmm. Any of those four teams, you could say, well, look, it would be great to see them winning. Drummond have been have gone through a few tough years. They've sort of rebuilt. They've worked on their facilities. And they ha- it's a while since they were in the winner's enclosure. And they're probably... It'll be good for football in Cavan Town to get Drummond back buzzing yeah. the way they were. Shannon Gales and Upbride, we've talked about. You'd have to admire them. And Baddy McHugh have been so close. Lost an awful lot of finals at various levels. Well, you mentioned Kildallan being the Mayo... Adam McHugh might be a better comparison. Yeah, I think so. Like even down to underage level, they have lost an awful lot of finals. Like, and they probably not don't want to focus on that. But uh, someone told me a couple of years ago. I mentioned this on the previous podcast. I think they lost thirteen or fourteen finals. So, but they keep they keep plugging away. So, um, whichever team wins the junior, I think this year will be a popular winner. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, so we'll move on to the Hotel Kilmore Intermediate Championship. The two uh, remaining. Or sorry, the two semi-finals were being played at the weekend. I suppose we'll start with the first of them, Shercock against Drumgoon. And uh, realistically on this one, Shercock always looked like they were going to win this game. I don't think at any stage, while Drumgoon were, were pushing and, and in the game, not not completely adrift, but Shercock just always looked like they had enough. Yeah, I thought Shercock were a revelation against Drumgoon. Mm. I didn't see that performance coming in them. I did see them against Den uh, a couple of times in the championship and looking at the results I thought they were what they have been the last couple of years sort of seasoned team physically strong uh, short on firepower and maybe relying on the likes of Killian Clark to come up with a few scores from midfield and things like that but what they've done now is they've got Niall Clark in an unbelievable vein of form inside and he now is the forward that they've been missing and that's transformed their team because they're, the way they're set up I have to hand it to their management team the way they're set up is to leave lots of space in there for for mm-hmm. Niall Clarkin and his his cousin Ryan who had a brilliant game the last day they're big strong men at the back they can soak up pressure and then they've got the legs bang they come out with the ball Killian Clark Brian Sankey uh, McIntyre the wing back come up and score two points he's been scoring like hell in this championship mm-hmm. and there was one stage in the second half of the Dramagoon game where um, I think it was Killian Clark made, made a mark he he came down with the ball he had barely landed and he booted into Ryan Clerken he gave it to Niall Clerken over the bar and it summed up their approach they play quick football they know what they're at they play to their strengths that's crucial mm. like, like there's no point in them saying we're going to be Dublin you play to your strengths with the personnel that you have at your disposal and that's what they're doing and they're in the final on merit and I'd be worried if I was going in to play them because it's a marathon not a sprint and Shercock have found form at the right time like they lost I think the first four or five league matches they've already lost two games in the championship and sort of limped through the group stages yeah like lost to Jungoon in the group stages so that'll tell you how, how much ground they made up in the intervening stages before the semis and like they're going to come in there now they've the experience of playing in that final before like I think Shercock it's a 50-50 game whoever comes through now because Shercock are a totally different proposition to what they were six seven weeks ago yeah completely agree with you the, the second of the semi-finals was was a different sort of a a, a proposition altogether but Torbert against Bally Hayes and it it would be it'd be wrong for us to discuss this game and not discuss the 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 antics going on during the first half. Maybe maybe the arguments coming from this week appear to be that well look at we've seen that the referee was gonna let things go, so we let go. And and that's what I'm hearing from boat camps. Yeah. I was in Crow Park on Sunday and I bumped into a player who played and he said to me, Oh look, he goes for ten minutes it was the Wild West and he said we knew that we were going to get away with a lot mm-hmm. and everyone did took advantage of it 
like you talk about the rumble and the, the rumble and the drumlins that should have been called. It was it was unbelievable stuff. I I can't remember in recent years in like maybe way back when you had the likes of football was ref differently and you had the likes of that see that YouTube clip exactly King's Court Muller Horn. Horn it was exactly. that level it was. Of, it was that level of violence it was like and I can't remember a first half like it did settle down a lot in the second half uh, to an extent like, uh, like I think we counted seven different players who struck in the first half yeah like everywhere you looked there was fellas fighting now like I'd be, I'm not going to sit here and be po-faced about it. Like it's great excitement for the future. It's like everyone is like everyone loves to see a bit of a, a bit of a schmazzle. But yeah, to, but to the point where it's in danger. No, it was players. dangerous. Like it, it was. was dangerous. Like, yeah, but I know there was one. There's one player who got his teeth damaged. Like yeah. and like that young lad goes out in the field doesn't want to get his bloody teeth damaged. Like that's yeah. not right either. That's exactly like the role of the referee. The number one rule that they have is protect the players and. I have to say, and I, I've stood up for Oliver Ogan in the past, but on this occasion, I have to be one hundred percent honest. He didn't protect the players, and whether it be the officials with him didn't see some stuff, and he didn't see some stuff, there was definitely two or three incidents that were clearly seen and not dealt with, and that's where I have a problem. I have a real problem with the fact that if you see something that should be a red card, regardless of what has happened around it, regardless of what caused it to happen, you have to deal with that. And I, I, I have to say, very, very annoyed with that scenario. Like a little bit of just stand back and say, hold on a second, now. this is this is dangerous. I need to deal with this, and I don't think Oliver done that. And you know, Oliver, as I said, I've said before, there's times when when people give out about Oliver, and I think I, I I've stood up for him, but this time I don't think they're standing up for him. Second half when he decided that he was going to referee it. He refereed it well. That's that's the really probably frustrating thing that he showed in the second half. Well, I I can do this job properly. So why not do it in the first half as well? Yeah, well, I it was just some of it was so blatant, like that it should have been dealt with. Like um, one of the terrible lads threw a, a cartoon punch. Like it was, it, he wound it up and he ran with the fist up for a few yards before he landed it. It was laughable stuff. There was another fella got sent off for mistaken identity. And everyone in the stand could see the wrong man has been sent off. Like, you have seven officials there. Mm. It's a big game. Like Now, what I will say is, um, Belt Horbett have won a lot of admirers in this championship because they, they're they so dogged in their approach and they're they're getting the job done. They've got picked up a few big scalps along the way. But I, I only felt that the only way they could they could beat Ballyhays would be if they could, if they could make sure it was a low-scoring game, maybe to stop the flow of the game, make it stop-start hang in there, disrupt Ballyhays' attacking game. And I think they did that. The game was played completely on Belthorpe's yeah. terms, yeah. without a doubt. Ballyhays, it was the lowest score they put up the whole championship. It was, Belthorpe dictated the, the terms on the day. And Belthorpe had a goal chance. They could very easily have won it. I would think that Ballyhays will go in as, as strong favourites in the replay because they, they were, the focal point of their attack was gone when Park mm. got sent off. And the, Black card. Or sorry, yeah, sent off in the black. Yeah. So, they, were, they never attacked down the middle. They seemed to be pushed out wide to the wings all the time. They weren't able to get to find the man in front of the goals. The ball wasn't sticking. They were, seemed to be running a lot of ball. Kevin Tierney ran an awful lot of ball. Um, I, if I was Kieran O'Malley, like, and he's one of the shrewdest managers around, but I was surprised he didn't throw Kevin in the foot forward and, and whack the ball into him and hopefully the ball would stick rather than having to run everything. And when you've, you have a strong spine to that with Orbit defence, they couldn't run through the middle. So they were running everything, they were stuck out in the wings, they were taking hopeful shots, and they kicked four or five wides from poor positions at the start of the second half, and that rattled them. I would have put Tierney in there, I mean, he's a ball winner, like, and he's a good goal scorer, and I would have I would have tried to get the ball into him, but 
they didn't do that and they basically played without their without a focal point to their attack and that's their attack just totally malfunctioned. Yeah, the difference now for the replay, while Bud is the focal point for Baltorbit's attack, he's gone. Park Moore is back now. Who's that's the a focal huge swing. Point. And that's a massive swing. Ah, and yeah. I, I have to say that, that I thought Bud was, a, was silly in this scenario. You, you're right. They created the type of game that, w- that was going to suit Baltorbit. And I think if Bud had been on the field for the end of the game... Bill Torbert was winning that game, would have won that game. Eight, eight days later, same thing happened at Crow Park. Donny Vaughan. Yeah. Crazy, indiscipline, and re- left the referee with no option. Eight hours, well, a few hours later. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah next it, was, day. it was the next, next day. day. Yeah, no, what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I was talking the week. Yeah, it was the yeah, next day. That's it. So, so like, a mo- look at it, it can happen. Anybody, a moment of madness. Yeah, but and like, but Bud was playing really well. He, he found his form against Bailey and he was, he was carrying that form into the game. But they're without him now. I still wouldn't rule out Bill Torbett. Because we all know their main players, but their their other players, like their fringe players, are, are quality as well. A lot of mm. them. Like this young Finn on O'Reilly is very done good. Done very well. Yeah, he's a very Sean good Sean O'Lawler done well when he came in as well. He did, yeah. No, they're, but Torbert are, are good. They're better than they're probably given credit for. But, uh, like, and Bally has lived on their nerves. Like Sean McCormick, another man who was in the wars there, probably lucky to stay on at one stage, but he kicked three absolute worldies, as to say. It was the type of game that suited him. Yeah. Sean, Sean McCormick the bigger the battle the, the the more physical the game the more he thrives like yeah. he, he really showed that cause, ah, he kicked three brilliant points yeah like. they were massive absolutely massive I thought I thought while as you say lucky enough to say on the field but when he was on the field my god his his, his influence over the game was brilliant yeah no he had a mighty game and I thought David Brady had a great game mm, I thought yeah. he fielded a lot of good ball and he took the fight to the, the but I'm looking forward to that replay and uh there's going to have to be whoever's refereeing it is going to have to keep a close eye on it but I don't think it'll carry on to the replay because it was such a talking point the whole yeah. guard he was talking about and the whole stand was, was there was little eruptions of laughter in the stand because it was it was sort of mind-blowing some of the yeah. stuff that was going on but look at it, it was we're all talking about it it was a big talking point well definitely was definitely was I, uh, just very quickly in, in that uh the relegation playoff in the Hotel Kilmer Intermediate Championship, it's Kilachandra against then. There's there's all sorts of rumours going around that Kilachandra aren't going to field, but we'll, we'll maybe ignore that. Looking at it, then surely are, are favourites on this one anyway. They have to be. like I haven't seen Kilachandra this year, but I know they're very much weakened and they're nowhere near full strength. They might be able to bring back maybe Declan McCarran if he's away travelling. Uh, and his brother Sean, like they've come back and played some games, but the lads I think are working overseas, so they won't be match fit. Um, it's it's a pity to see Kilishander uh, falling so low after two years ago they were in a senior championship semi final and gave gave Castorahan a good game and had beaten Castorahan well mm-hmm. in the first round that year. Like they were in great nick that year, and but look at that's the th- that's the thing with a small panel. Like it's very hard to keep it going year on year, and they weren't able to, and the, that's where the found themselves. Like when the trap door opens. It opens and you and you go down through it, and a lot of clubs have found that over the years. The Drummond Lee found that hmm. went straight down twice in a row. So, I think um, I think then have got to be favourites there. Like then have just more settled than they've played all year. Kilishander have conceded a game in the championship, haven't played now in a while. Then are going to be red hot favourites there. Now I don't know if it's Thomas Edward. Don't know who's going to be fit, but then should still have enough about them. And if then lose that game to Kilishander, like they don't deserve to be up. That's just it. Very true. Everyone's talking about Luna Bar, Cavan's most vibrant new venue. With our big screen TVs, 
live music every weekend and free function room. We cater for everyone. Luna Bar, Main Street Cabin, the newest hotspot in town. Kieran Callahan Electrical. Shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone 049-43-3011. Moving on to the Hotel Kilmore Senior Championship. It's um, semi-final weekend coming up, but we look back just very quickly. You were at the Castleran Hill game, six-point win for Castleran. Are they are they coming to their milk? Are they are they looking like a team that now can win a senior championship? Yeah, it's a tough question there, I mean, because I've seen them uh, countless times over the last few years. And could I say there was a massive market increase in performance levels against Goodhill? No, but it wasn't needed. So it'd be unfair to dismiss them on the back of that. They did what they had to do, and. They did it quite well. Like it was a close game for a long time. I thought eighteen twelve flattered Casarahan in the end up. Like it was nine points each. Cudhill had a goal chance and and hit the angle of post and crossbar. Jamie Smith, who Casarahan gathered the break and actually the follow up to Tom Hayes was a great save by by Jamie Lee who had a great game in goals with Casarahan. Casarahan broke out, got a point, and they got four more quick points. They just kept Cudhill mm-hmm. pinned back, put a bit of a press on. Suddenly it was fourteen nine. It was game over. And from there on, it was nip and tuck again for for maybe ten minutes, point point here, point there, and then they had Ocean O'Connell on at the end, and they tacked on a point or two. But for the longest part of that game, there was very very little between them. Now I did think Castlerahan were the better team in the first half and should have went in ahead, but they missed an awful lot of chances. Um, I thought David Ritt was very good, and the Flanning was very good as he has been all championship. Um, Ocean Kieran was excellent. I was just going to say Castlerahan as a panel <coughs> are an awful lot stronger. Than last year, you you mentioned David Ritt. He wasn't fit to play last year, really. You have Oshin Kiernan and his brother, um, that that transferred in, as we were told, a transplant in from Mead. Um, you have Paul Lukey back as well. Um, so like they they have a stronger panel than than last year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Now the only thing that the only thing uh, current balance in that is that Kiyomaki has an injury. He didn't feature at all. Oshin That, that could be to our advantage. <laughs> yeah. Ginger spice might be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Only well, lesson, had, obviously, but he, he is he is has that tin opener where I fought like and he can, like, he hasn't the same pace he used to have. Naturally enough, like he's not he's not twenty two anymore, but he his passing is still there, like and like his vision is unbelievable, and it's such a weapon to have. Yeah, it'll it'll be very interesting to watch their uh, their semi final. I, I talked weekend. to some good football judges, Damien, and they think Castle are going to win the championship this year. I I'd be honest, I don't. But again, I I of the four teams left in it, like as a neutral, I want to see Castle Rahan win it because I think the no more than Mayo is the very exact same thing. Like I think the long serving players they've kept coming back every year, and I think they deserve they deserve to win it. Yeah, definitely. So look at they definitely could, but they can't all be like Mayo. In fairness, you have you have not Brian, you have how many teams in Gavin are like Mayo, but <laughs> Castleran are definitely uh, definitely look at they've they've been the bridesmaid a good few times, but it's um, well that last year was the one if they don't get over the line, last year was the one that they will look back on and say we should have won it because in the replay against against Rammer they played a Rammer team who were missing both their joint captains, mm. like it was a team of young lads, really. And Castleran were well up in, early on in the replay and absolutely flying. 
and they step back. You know, it's like having someone up against the ropes, and you you take a step back and they recover instead of going for it. Yeah. But this year, like it's clear, and I know you talked about it at length. They're they're playing a different style and they're going for it and. They're better off on the front foot, and in the second half against Coothill, they were on the front foot and they ran at Coothill, and that's their game. Like, and I think they'll be better when they get back to Brefling as well. Yeah, definitely. <coughs> the other, um, the other quarter final last weekend, crush a lot against Calvin Gales. It it was an absolute cracker. The pitch was absolutely horrible. The the conditions were just terrible, but it was a really good, entertaining game. Um, you know, Calvin Gales came out by half time with five minutes ago before half time. Calvin Gales looked like Look, they're, they're going to just cruise to a victory here, albeit probably a relatively low scoring victory, but a, a victory nonetheless. And then James Smith's goal just before half time gave Crushlaw a wee bit of momentum and a wee bit of belief going in at half time. Was it a high ball? In are the Gales a little susceptible to the high ball? Well, they definitely looked it under that scenario because it was a high ball from a free kick, which is you know even probably worse because you think you're setting yourself up that everybody knows the ball is either going to be delivered to a shot or that general area so it was a high ball into the back post um, uh, Ryan Riley kind of went up for it with Kieran Flynn and with I think it was Luke Fortune um, ball ball was punched somehow came back off a poster off the player landed it to James Smith's hands back of the net there was nothing they could do at that point but probably Gail should have dealt with that high ball a little bit better second half um there was there was two goals early on in the second half from Krushalaw that put them in front, and then Krushalaw started to take it into a wee bit of a battle, and it looked like the Gales were wobbling. I think they hit five or six wides in a row, and and you thought, Jesus, there's nobody stepping up here for the Gales. They brought on Mickey Ling, and Mickey Ling stepped up. He hit a wide, but then he he scored a, a good point to to settle the nerves, and Martin Dunn then from one point behind kicked three in a row to leave them two in front that Martin Dunn really excelled in the last seven, eight minutes of the game and, and if it wasn't for the two boys Ling and Dunn Calvin Gales could have been out of this championship but it was uh, one of the, one of the funnier lines I've ever heard was Niall Smith playing <laughs> a wing this forward this is a great one and uh, and he he got a ball close enough to the dugout now he's between the Gales and the Crushlaw dugout and somebody shouted from the Gales dugout put on the Borners you know, and and one one of the Gales lads, I don't know who it was, replied, "He's trying, but they're spinning." <laughs> I thought it was just a brilliant line, absolutely. Class, uh, but that you, describes the, the the conditions brilliantly. I'll tell you another one when, there that we are on the subject. I was at a match a couple of years ago up in uh, Kilnalek. It was then against Rammer in the championship, and uh, talk about some of the funny spikes, as they say, coming in from the sideline. <laughs> and uh, it was the match was really poor early on. It was very low score. It was one of these games that was like two one after twenty minutes, and. People in the crowd were getting restless and there was just one passage of play where there was about six mistakes. One fella tried to pick up the ball, he made mis- he he what didn't pick it up properly, he tried a second time, then he dropped it, he hand passed it straight to the other fella, he dropped it. One of those little spells were Owen oh, O'Gara right. style stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's right, yeah. But uh just just at the end of that spell anyway, the ball came out over the over the sideline, right in front of the stand, and most of the people up in Killing were in the stand. And uh, a massive it looked like a massive leaves were about to break out. So you'd all, about 10 Rammer lads and 10, 10 Den lads came in. There was a flashpoint, big bit of pushing and shoving, and just the crowd were going nuts. Just when it looked like it was about to break out, it just fizzled out. Whatever happened, everyone just said, fair enough, and walked off. And <laughs> somebody shouts out of the crowd, ah, you're so no good at that either. <laughs> <laughs> it was a classic. 
Brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. Looking then to this week's semi-finals, um, first of them Saturday evening in Kingsman Breffney. It's at 8pm, it's Calvin Gales against Kings Court. How do you see it going? Uh, very, very hard to call. Um, I haven't seen the betting on it, but I'd imagine definitely the Gales will be favourites. And I'd imagine that they'll probably be maybe 2-1 to one on favourites, because given that, that they're, they're odds to win the championship all year, and I think Kingsford would be value at that if they're anywhere around six to four, seven to four, two to one. Um, but given their pedigree, mm. and you know, as Park Riley said to us, I always remember when Park Riley said to us at the up for the match in Ballygym stuff. He said Kingsford are so hard to beat; they're so defiant. They never go down easily. Uh, really, like I know they lost well to to Kilgarry in the championship this year, but that was the exception that proved the rule. And the next chance they got, they they were not going to be beaten no matter what. Yeah, and they just they were going to go out on their on their shields. And it, it, I wonder it'll be interesting. And I haven't seen the betting on it, but you look at their two quarter finals. Kingscourt beat top of division two team by two points. Kilgarry, Kevin Gales beat second in division two team by. One point or by two points, crush a lot. So it was your top of division one against uh, your your top of division two in both cases essentially. So there can't be that much of a of a difference in the betting between it. I know what you're saying that the Calvin Gales have been so strong, but Calvin Gales' form has wavered a wee bit. While they started the championship with a big big bang, they definitely haven't hit the same consistency. Now the question is. The two games that Calvin and Gales didn't play well were outside of Breffney. The other games that they're playing well in are in Breffney. And from now on, they're in Breffney. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like Dublin. Get them out of Croker, you, you have a chance. Like The Gales are, are so used to Breffney power. Yeah, yeah. And the the, uh, the the important thing is they didn't lose either of those games either. And they played against Goodhill with, yeah. with a man down for 58 minutes. That's and, right. And, and they right. still didn't lose. And Goodhill hung on and got a couple of points at the end actually to get the draw. So... I think I think the Gales are going to be right there, and Kingscourt there'll be very very little between them, and I reckon that uh, Jesus I I couldn't call it I yeah. wouldn't rule out a draw I think it's so close because Kingscourt are Kingscourt and that'll be another fiery one there'll be nothing easy in that and Kingscourt will have seen the way the Gales bullied Rammer earlier on in the championship and they're not going to be bullied no, like, one thing about them I don't think they have the legs that the Gales have but. They they're very very seasoned, tough. They're a team of men like, and uh, they're going to be hard enough hard enough beaten. But you'd have to look at that Gale that Gale's team and say, look at the firepower they have. Like, what's the chances of Kingsford holding Martin Dunn, Shawnee Johnston, um, Mickey Ling if he's playing, uh, and all the rest of these for Paul O'Connor, Paul O'Connor, like, Andy it's, Graham. It's going to be hard Smith, to hold all those fellas. Like. Maybe Declan Meehan who's back from suspension now after this game. So yeah, yeah, right. They might hold. They might. Hold, Keep tabs on five of them, yeah. but the next lad might get one three. You know, so and, and looking at the other end of the field, like Kingsford have nothing like that firepower, nothing close to it. Barry Riley, if he was fully fit, would get you a good few scores, but he's not fully fit. Joe Dillon will win a lot of ball in the full forward line, you'd imagine, though. Yeah, and Joe will get you goals. Like Joe will get you scores nearly as many goals as points. A lot of games he might get two one or one one. Joe's not the type of lad to score seven points. Like I remember him scoring four three against Kilishander a couple of years ago. He got one two the last day. That's right. That's he, right. He, he's a great goal scorer. But just on on the subject, just to mention again about James Smith, like I think who the best goal best goal scorers are in the county. I always think Kevin Tierney and Martin Dunn are two of the best, and they're they're different types of players. Like Tierney's spectacular, uh, man hit the roof of the net. Dunn is nice power. Power. Dunn yeah. is pure placement and accuracy, yeah. and makes space for the dummy. 
And before that, you had we said Jason Riley. Do you know who the next man is going to be? James Smith. Yeah. And like when you think of a go- of a goal scorer, you think of a forward. Uh, but J- James Smith is probably better known as a midfielder. But his goal scoring record is unbelievable. Like he came on for the Cavan Miners last year when he wasn't fit, and he got a goal. That's right. He got he a goal in the county minor final. And these are only the few occasions I've seen him playing. In the Ulster Minor Championship this year, he got two goals against Monaghan. He got a goal against Darren, I think. You know, he had a brilliant game. You know, he got no, a goal. He got a goal in the Ulster final. That's right. Then was black carded. Yeah, then was black carded. Did he go on a Crow Park against Kerry? He did. He did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did. And then he comes on in the senior match and gets two. And yeah, he's only he on for half a game. Like. No, no, he started. Oh, he started? He started in that game. But yeah, got, got two goals in that game as well. You're, you're dead, right? Prolific goal scorer. And maybe what, what he... I'll tell you what else, actually, and I didn't mention it. But Pierce Smith, I have to say, at centre-half forward for Crushlow was outstanding. Scored 1-2 or 1-3. But just his general comp- contribution from open play was well worth watching. And, and it was... I think he's been maintaining that that steady increase throughout the senior championship that he's coming back to the form that, that we knew he was capable of as a minor yeah. maybe dipped in the last couple yeah, of years yeah Pierce lost his form there for a while and he won't mind us saying it like, and and you sometimes see that when there's a change in someone's circumstances like Terry Highland pointed out to me before that you, you often see with a player who finishes college and goes starts working that you'll see a dip in form because the whole lifestyle changes mm-hmm. and like let's say that a lot of the Calvin fellas who were in a DCU or all that when they, when they came out and started teaching or working in the general workforce, it, it takes a bit of adjusting. You don't have as much rest time and all that stuff. But sometimes they're formal dip. Like Pierce was part of that McCrory team that were training so hard like to win a McCrory. And suddenly he's gone from there and he's gone to college. And maybe yeah. there's a side adjustment. Maybe it's some injuries. Then you're, at that age, your confidence can go. But like class footballer, like hard as nails, like a brilliant athlete, great engine, yeah. and uh, a real, a real hard trier. Like, like I'd love to see Pierce um, going on now and keep going the way he's going and make the cabin senior him because he's the type of lad you'd want on your side in a battle. Yeah, definitely. The the second semi final that semi final will be on wearecavan.com listen live page. Um, the feed will be coming from Northern Sound, but if you're online, tune in to wearecavan.com and you'll get it on the listen live page. Uh, the second semi final then is Sunday afternoon in Kingsbury Breffney. It's Castle Rahan against Rammer at three thirty. Referee Mickey Lee, um, Castle Rahan looking for revenge for last year's final. Yeah, I think Rammer are in a funny place because they're the champions now. They're not the hunters anymore that are hunted. And that takes a bit of adjusting. And I think they're, even though they're in the semi-final and they had a, a reasonably comfortable win against Lavi in the quarter-final and the big Kingsford in the group, they're in a position now where they're unsure of their form. Like, you couldn't say they're going well and you couldn't say they're going bad. It's just hard to know exactly how our, what, what sort of form our Rammer are in. Like... They showed flashes of it against Lavi, without a doubt. They yeah. cut them open a few times, and they showed that running game that they showed last year. Um, but like they limped through the group stages. Like Edo Cole got them through in the first two games, without a doubt. He was brilliant against Cook Collins, and the same against Kingscourt, where they started brilliantly and went out of it, and were hanging on at the end. Barry Riley went off injured against Kingscourt. Maybe that swung it for them. They bottomed out then against Cavan uh, Gales, like they were desperate that evening, and then they absolutely filleted Arva. And like they were stung, and you could tell. And now they've got Colin Maguire back in the team, which brings great energy. Mark McGee is showing up the full back line as well. Yeah. And Aegon Cahill is into the nets. So there, there's a good few changes in the team. So it's very hard to evaluate Rammer. Casaran, for four or five years there, since sort of the rise of Casaran, they could always handle Rammer, no problem. 
Like they, they used to they beat them routinely and beat them well loads of times. Yeah. And last year, Rammer just came along with a new look team and we were able to beat them uh, in the championship final. So, was that a blip for Castellan? Will it be normal order be restored? It's hard to know. Like. I wouldn't say they have the Indian sign over them because they, they've just got that one win over them but they beat them when it really mattered but it was only the one win um, the other thing that worry I'd have is that Conor Bradley is is out and like Brian O'Connell is out as well he hasn't mm-hmm. featured so Bradley and O'Connell along with Cole I thought were Rammer's three best players last year couldn't be argued yeah so Cole Cole hasn't been as good since the group stages like he panned in the goal last week but, but not a whole pile else Bradley went off injured in the first half and O'Connell has been out injured all summer more or less so surely that's weakened the, the, the Rammer team on the other side we talked about earlier on Kassar had a 4-5 basic new men into the team and yeah so you, you'd have to say it's probably advantage Kassar there yeah actually when, when, you, when you break it down like that I'd have to agree with you the the big point about it is though you're 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 being somebody saying to you right you have to put your neck on the line it has to be 100% accurate you have to be confident Name the two winners, and you you couldn't clearly no. say. And I think that's the first time in a semi final in a few years that you've said any of us have said, "Well, look, it it'd be an upset if such a team didn't win." We've got the four best teams in the county. I don't think anybody can argue yeah. with that in the semi finals. I think it's going to be a brilliant weekend. Yeah, without a doubt. Like in other years, last year you had Garner, who beat Good Hill in the quarter final, got into the got into the semis, yeah. like and, and re- relegated or almost relegated this year. Yeah. So like. Probably were a little bit weaker. Lavi, Yilka Collins in it a couple of years ago who were relegated this year. So Kilishandra. Yeah, Kilishandra. Yeah. You, you do get bolters into the semi-finals. Not so much a final. You kill a Gary in the, in the semi-final a couple of years ago as well who weren't as strong as they were this year probably. This year, as you say, you've got the top four. Like yeah. it, It's a pick em. Like I wrote an article in the Celt this week and the last line of it was, um, the last line just said, uh, call, it, call it not a chance. Because you yeah, couldn't call it. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't yeah. call it. Have to agree, and I think that's the best way to leave it because I don't think anybody could say with any confidence or any certainty, yeah, they're the two winners. So the one, best one, look- one game we just haven't looked at, Damien, is the relegation playoff in the senior. So, um, Cucullins are going down in senior, which is a big setback for them because they looked like that's a team. Right. They came up last year, won the Division Two league in good style, and should have been in the quarter final of the championship where they would have played Garna and possibly would have made the semis. Like they played, they played Lacken in the the last group game last year and we're six points up and into injury time you could see the two goals lost the replay out the went mm. and th- that would have had them in it would have knocked Good Hill out and they would have topped the group and they would have played Garna and they would have probably beaten Garna and they would have been in the semi-final this year it's, that's how tight it is now they're gone down and you know they're deservedly gone down I have to say because Lacken were totally the better team in almost every position on the field I would say Lacken were the better team the last day <coughs> excuse me Eugene Keating went off straight red in the first half, which was silly, and like he's the captain of Cahillans this year, like and they could have done with him. And no. uh, but Lacken were class. Lacken had Paul Lely was brilliant. Um, he was a big loss to Lacken throughout the summer. Yeah, he was like he's a very good uses the ball very well, like very good pass for the ball and low centre of gravity mm. gets on, gets on a lot of ball around the middle. Lionel McKernan was very good. Uh, all the Galligans, Barrett Raymond wasn't playing, but Killian and Thomas and James are very good. Shane Finnegan had a mighty game wing back. Um, they all they all played very well. So like Lacken are deserve deserve to stay up because when the Gummers put their heads like they they got, they put in the big performance. But look at the intermediate next year. Who'd fancy it? 
We've Mullahorn and Balignan playing in the relegation playoffs, so one of them's going to be an intermediate. As yeah, well. exactly. It's 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 going to be it's going to be a very very interesting championship next year. But I suppose for this year, it's uh, it's still to, all to be played for in in all three championships. So look, at, we'll leave it at that on this uh, week's McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. Thanks a million for listening. Don't forget to share the podcast on Facebook and on Twitter if you could. We'd really appreciate it. If you are on the Mead border, don't forget to check out our new. Uh, we are Mead there'll be podcasts coming up next week on that with uh, Mickey Brennan and uh, follow them follow We Are Mead on Twitter as well so thanks a million for listening thanks to Paul Fitzpatrick for joining me here on the podcast and hope you enjoy the weekend of Championship Football in Cavan Romar Energy offer the best energy solutions for your home and business we offer A-rated condensing boilers for gas and oil solar thermal water heating systems and cost-effective systems for generating heat. So if you want us to help you cut your fuel bill by 50%, check out romarenergy.ie. Romar Energy, working towards a greener planet.